Welcome back everyone to another episode of Provident Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac, Associate Advisor at Provident. Join with me today is a very special guest, Tan Chin Yu, Lead Advisory. Hi Chin Yu. Hi Isaac. So uh, you just came, you know, you just touched down yesterday from Australia. Uh, so how was the, you know, how was your trip? No worries. It was a good trip. I just touched on yesterday, so a little bit jet lag, but still very excited to be sharing all about CPF in this podcast. Yeah, so uh, I think um, prior to this podcast, you have done uh, many interviews or uh, podcasts with, even with CPF board, am I right? Yeah, so I did one with CPF board. I think we were talking about the rising inflation at the time, uh, which is a concern that many people have uh, during last year's uh, uh, the, you know, market downturn and rising interest rates. So we'll see how it goes this year. Yeah, so that's why we chose you to do this topic. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I hope, hope you're not too bored, but yeah, definitely the, the most, um, or rather in terms of this subject matter, you're definitely an, an, an expert. Lah. So firstly, what is uh, Providence view on CPF? You know, like why do we believe in it? Yeah, so Provident, we have been advocating about CPF and the reason is very simple. is because uh, CPF forms a very good foundation in anybody's retirement. So as we all know, if you are a working adult, working for a firm or a company, you have to contribute part of your income into CPF. You know, typically it's that 20% and then you have another 17% coming from the employer. So in a way, it kind of forces you to save Force, for the yeah, future. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it sort of, you know, don't allow you to spend all your monies away because eventually you still need it. But at the same time, it gives a, you a good foundation as in, you know, your ordinary account, it gives you a certain uh, floor rate of interest, your special account, which is meant for retirement. It also gives you a pretty good rate uh, for the future. So in a way, you know, you even not doing anything, you don't lose up too much to inflation. Right. So very briefly, um, you know, just now you mentioned, um, what, what's the purpose of the four different accounts? So, uh, ordinary account, special account, medical account, and of course, retirement account. Yeah, so CPF, there is four accounts like you mentioned. So the first one, which many people would know, it's ordinary account or CPF OA. So CPF OA, you contribute a certain portion every month. And then uh, the interest that you're getting has a floor rate of 2.5%. So OA is a bit more flexible in a sense that CPF still allows you to use it for certain occasions. So one common example is people like to use OA to pay for housing. So especially for younger adults where you're starting a family, you just started working, you have built up you know, a bit of this OA, uh, they might want to use this money to buy their first home. So that's one uh, common use of OA. Uh, whereas the special account is really more specifically meant for future retirement. So special account earns a little bit more. Uh, it earns a 4% interest flow rate at the moment. Uh, however, uh, special account, you can't really use it for you know many other purpose apart from your retirement. Right, so there's many more use for uh, OA. Lah. But of course, you know, as we get closer to retirement, the special account will be more and more relevant. Lah. Is that yes, correct? Yeah. yes. Yeah, then of course you've got your uh, Medisafe as well. So Medisafe also earns a good you know, 4% interest. Uh, and Medisafe is really meant to pay for medical bills. So it's a bit more flexible than special account in a sense that you know, if you go to the hospital, you can use it to pay for your Medishield premiums. You can pay for certain other insurances uh, or you know, other, even dental, you, know, you, can, you can use it. Right. So uh, what about the retirement account? Like how, you know, when, when do we get it? You know, for I myself, I don't have a retirement account now. 
Yeah. So same for me. I only have these three accounts, OASA and MA. Uh, retirement account is only when you turn 55. Uh, that's when CPF will create this new account called retirement account or RA. So at that point in time, uh, what it will happen is that part of your CPF in your OA and SA will be transferred over to your retirement account. And this forms this uh, pool of money that's meant for your retirement. And eventually in today's scheme, it's going to be converted into CPF life that's going to pay you a monthly uh, ongoing income. Right, so the account will be formed at 55 and then you will still continue earning interest until 65 onwards, you know, from 65 to 70, you have the option of when you want to kickstart your CPF life. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. So that's the purpose of, of the RA account, right? Okay, so in terms of, you know, let's say I'm someone who wants to uh, grow my CPF money. Is it something that I can do? Like, you know, you mentioned that I can invest, I can use my OA to... Um, buy a house but let's say I want to grow it can I invest my CPF monies and for how long should I invest it for? So uh, assuming that you know if you don't want to use your OA to pay for housing and you really want to set this money aside for your own retirement uh, there are a few options so one option is that you could transfer your OA to SA and let it compound at a higher interest rate compared to you know your two and a half percent that you are getting uh, the other few options is, like you said, you know, you can invest it, but investing comes with volatility. So one thing that we often uh, talk about when it comes to investment is that you want to have uh, uh, enough time horizon. Right. So typically, you know, uh, you if you invest, you want to make better than the two and a half percent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, typically people look at, you know, equities and we talk about equities, it, uh, it is ideally in a diversified portfolio, but even equities in a year to year short term basis do uh, see volatility. Uh, in fact, recent years haven't been easy, you know, in the markets, 2020 COVID pandemic markets fell by 20%, you know, sometime around March and 2022, of course, you know, we saw the bear market with concerns of inflation, concerns of, uh, you know, uh, wars happening. So uh, you do want to have enough time horizon to weather these ups and downs. And typically I would suggest, you know, you want to make sure you have at least 10 to 15 years. Let's say I'm 40 years old and like uh, I'm going to retire at 55 you know, and I want to invest my OA money, what options do I have? Like, you know, is it the same as like, let's say, you know, um, I have some cash investments. Can I use my CPF OA to buy the same instruments that my cash investments are in? So CPF, uh, the instruments that are available are more restricted because they have to be approved by CPF. Uh, however, today, I think the range of instruments have, you know, widened a lot yeah. more. So, you know, what I mentioned about having a diversified portfolio, they do have that as well. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't say, you know, too far off on what cash can do, uh, but the same principles applies. Uh, you know, you want to make sure again, enough time horizon, you can weather the ups and downs of the markets. Right. So um, the strategy should still be the same, even though the instrument could be slightly different because of CPF restrictions, but we try to uh, aim for the same global diversification and also to have ensure that we have the uh, right time horizon. Yep, yep. But now you mentioned you know, you know you mentioned that CPF OA is giving two point five percent. As we are all now uh, aware, you know T bill rates are now exceeding um, CPF OA rates. T bills are, are guaranteed by the government and and essentially is uh, you know it's 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 safe, right? Uh, as compared to let's say investing in the equity markets. So is it wise to start investing our monies, you know, our CPF monies into T bills? 
Yeah, not a bad idea. I mean, today we are in a bit of an unusual situation where right. suddenly your interest rates are, you know, going sky high. And if you look into things like your T-bills, your fixed deposits, actually the risk is very low. Uh, and yeah, you, you could consider putting some of your CPF OA monies to uh, earn a higher interest. Uh, just that you do have to take note that uh, that you, you, you do give up certain interest in the months where you invest. So what I mean by that is uh, during the month where your money goes in, you know, from your CPF to your T-bills, for example, you don't actually earn an interest for that month. And then the month where the money gets credited back into your CPF, you also lose interest for that month. So you need to take into consideration that you're losing, you know, two months by doing this. Right. So that's something that's often overlooked by people. I mean, uh, after they, their TBO, uh, you know, uh, matures, they're like, eh, when they do their calculation, they're like, oh, I get roughly the same as, you know, if I just left it in the OA. La. So you, you want to consider when you're putting your CPF into these instruments, your the rate that you want to get should be at least you know three and a half percent instead of you know just looking at uh, beating that two and a half percent yeah okay so we always talk about investing or we have been talking about investing our oa monies like why why do we you know typically not recommend that our clients invest their sa monies well that's because uh sa gives a very good floor rate of four percent already and that is very hard to beat consistently. So of course today, you know, we talk about T-bills, but even T-bills are only at 4%, uh, which is, you know, about the same as the SA. Uh, but the second reason is the available instruments uh, that you can invest your SA is also very limited. So early on, you talk about, you know, can we invest CPF in the same things as we can use cash the for? Cash, yeah. uh, SA is even more restricted. And why that is so again, because SA is really for one's retirement and uh, CPF, you know, want to make sure that the investments shouldn't be too high risk. So if you consider that, uh, if you put your monies into very low risk instruments, they also typically tend to be lower returns. And then, you know, it doesn't really make sense to invest your SA. Right. So um, yeah, 4%, getting 4%, uh, you know, compounded and like is essentially a linear growth when you leave it in the SA compared to equity, you know, let's say, uh, you know, historically, yes, you can get maybe like 6 to 8% or even 10%, but uh, the volatility have to be taken into account. To ask a tougher question, let's say, Jin Yu, um, you have a client today that, that, that comes and asks you like, uh, you know, Jin Yu, I'm, I'm very okay with volatility. You know, I have uh, 20 years uh, time horizon. Should, you know, can I invest my, or should I invest my my CPF essay? Uh, it's still hard because again, you are restricted by the instruments. Right, right. Yeah. So even if you have the time horizon or you have the willingness to take the risk, but you know, the, the, the instrument might not be uh, suitable to, to help you beat this 4% hurdle rate. Correct, correct. So you can't really invest in the same things that you can use your OA for. Right. Okay, so uh, on to a uh, very interesting uh, part about CPF. Um, Actually, for CPF, there are certain tips and tricks that you can do. Uh, a well-known tip and trick is actually to do SA and or OA shielding. So in what situation should I shield my SA and in what situation should I shield my OA? Okay, so maybe I just give a background on what shielding is. Yeah. So what happens is at age 55, CPF will take monies from your OA and SA to transfer into this you know, new retirement account that I mentioned earlier yeah. uh, and this is meant for your CPF life. So um, whatever that's transferred 
uh, the remaining will remain in your O and SA, and these will continue to earn your two and a half to uh, and four percent, and it can be withdrawn anytime. Right. So shielding is a way that uh, to allow somebody to uh, keep as much as possible in their O and SA, because essentially after that it becomes more like a bank account that earns at two and a half and four percent, which is pretty attractive. Right. Uh, and to prevent this automatic transfer, what people do is that before they turn 55, uh, typically we suggest, you know, uh, roughly about one month prior, they would sort of, uh, quote unquote, invest their monies into a very safe instrument. So sort of parking this aside so that when they turn 55, when CPF tries to withdraw those monies from the, those two accounts, uh, uh, they don't. It's not there, right? So if uh, when you turn fifty five, you know the 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 CPF will, will look at your accounts and be like, oh, okay, you know this is the the amount of essays that I can use for your RA, and then they will take from your OA and vice versa for OA shielding, lah. Yeah. So uh, for SA, which is more common, you know, a lot of people they want to do that, uh, is because by default CPF will take monies from your SA first. Yeah. Yeah, and of course SA earns more than OA. So a lot of people, they rather have CPF drain the monies from their OA to transfer to a retirement account to form their CPF life. So what they do is that they shield this uh, special account and then it sort of forces CPF to take monies out of the OA more to fulfill this uh, full retirement sum that needs to be transferred right. over. So, so after your birthday, then you, you just sell it off and it would go into your SA account? Yeah. So after your birthday, when you sell it off, you'll go back to your respective accounts and then it's, it's there, you know, you can use it at 4%, take out any time like a bank account. Right, so you have higher interest line if you do that. Yep. Uh, so for some, they do want to consider shielding OA. Uh, that's probably less common than the SA because OA gives 2.5%. But for those people, they feel that it's attractive for sort of this bank account that gives 2.5%. Uh, they want to shield their OA. So in return, instead of using the OA to form this full retirement sum, you know, to uh, in the CPF life, they rather use cash to top up. Yeah, because in a way, okay, especially in the past where cash is actually yielding a lot lower, uh, they rather have CPF there that earns two and a half than you keep uh, use the cash to make up the difference. Yeah, that was the time when uh, cash was yielding like one or even less than one percent. But now we we can't really say abnormal time, but it is something that we have not experienced in a long time where cash is actually giving like three three plus percent. Yeah, but of course this might be temporary. So again, you do want to consider in the future what if interest rates go down. Uh, you don't want to, you know, do something for the short term, but after that, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Right. Okay, so on to the next trick. So, well, it's like some, some magician. <laughs> um, should I uh, max out my MA, my medical account? Um, and, you know, why, why would anyone do that? Well, maxing out Medisafe is not a bad idea. You know, number one, uh, Medisafe gives you 4%. So it sort of allows you to build at the same you know, uh, rate as your special account. Uh, the second one is it can be very flexible. So like I mentioned, you know, even certain dental procedures, you can actually use your Medisafe, you can use it to pay your premiums, you can use it to pay certain uh, other you know, medical needs. Uh, but uh, the other point is that once you maxed out your Medisafe, so maxing out means that you hit this basic healthcare sum, which is the BHS. So once you hit that, any new contributions from your earned income uh, actually flows onto your special account. So in a way, because you have maxed out your Medisafe, you can actually build up your special account faster through your earned income. Right. So this year's uh, BHS is uh, 68,000? 
Yes, I think so. Thereabouts, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, if let's say I max out to sixty-eight thousand, then at the end of the year, you know, the interest, eh, you can't go into the MA. You go into the SA. At the same time, SA is also having that four percent. So that's how you can uh grow your SA faster, right? Correct. Correct. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, on to uh tax benefits. You know, I heard that CPF. You know, you can get some tax benefit by topping up. Like, in how how do I uh, enjoy these benefits and in what situation is it worth considering doing so? So you can get tax benefit by utilizing you know this uh, retirement sum top up or some people call it RSTU, and this allows you to reduce your taxable income by eight thousand if you top up to your own account. Ah, yeah, own account meaning your own special account. Uh, if you are beyond the age fifty five, then it will be your retirement account. Uh, and then it also allows you an additional 8,000 in tax uh, savings if you top up uh, your loved one's accounts. So 8,000 in tax saving, you mean uh, in terms of accessible income? La. Yep, yep. Does it matter when I do the top-ups? Like, you know, if I top up at the start of the year or, you know, if I top up at the end of the year, does it matter? Well, topping out at the start of the year gives you more interest because uh, actually there's a calculation that starts accruing if you top up earlier. Yeah, but if you ask me in the grand scheme of things, you know, it might not matter that much. Yeah, in the long run, you know, yeah. But yeah. Uh, for those who, you know, who have the option to, uh, just uh, just remember that you're topping out at the start of the year will allow you to enjoy interest for uh, the whole year like, before it's credited. Yeah, I mean, the other account. thing is that I always tell clients, you know, you don't want to rush at the year end, be it your CPF top up or SRS, you want to do it early because the last thing you want is, you know, you finish the end of the year and realize that you forgot to, you know, get your tax savings for that year. Yeah, like miss the window. Uh, yeah, exactly. Back. Yeah. Okay, so um, CPF life. So just now you mentioned earlier in this uh, episode like that um, you, you know, at 65, we get the option to, you know, from 65 to 70, we have the option to opt in into CPF life. Uh, so, you know, it's you know when I when I read more about CPF life, you know, it's 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 still a bit there's a certain complexity to it. You know, there are so many different options. So, for example, um, you know, there's different uh kind of plans like basic, standard, escalating, uh, and then even even then, you know, there's different kind of sum of money like basic retirement sum, full retirement sum, and enhanced retirement sum. Could you briefly explain the the difference, for example, between uh, the BRS, FRS, and ERS? Yeah, I mean, there's so many schemes that yeah, you're right that people do get a bit confused. Yeah. Um, but basically, these three things that you mentioned, the BRS, basic retirement sum, FRS, full retirement sum, and the ERS, which is the enhanced retirement sum, they are basically just different sums that you set aside for your retirement account. And just simplistically saying, you know, the higher the amount that you set aside, the higher your monthly payouts. Okay, so the default is the full retirement sum or FRS that you need to set aside from age uh, 55. And that is, I think, about close to 300,000 this year, which is the full retirement sum. And this will give you, I think, around, uh, if you're age 55, around 1,005, 1,006 uh, every month in terms of payout starting from age uh, 65. Yeah. Uh, BRS is in the event where you decide, okay, I don't want to set aside so much for my retirement account. Uh, if you charge your property, which means that you already got a, a fully paid property and then uh, you have opted to set aside a lower amount, uh, CPF actually allows you to set aside only half uh, your full retirement sum. 
Yeah, and of course, you know, uh, as a result, your monthly payouts uh, also is lesser. So you do need to make sure that you do have other streams of income, you know, to cater for your own retirement. Yeah. Then lastly, for enhanced retirement sum, if you wish for highest, you know, the highest payout, uh, you can choose to top up all the way to the ERS, which is about one and a half times of the full retirement sum. Right. So if uh, you know, from my understanding, uh, if a person's uh, finance financial situation um allows, you know, why do we usually recommend to those people to uh top up to their uh, enhanced retirement sum? Well, I guess um you know that brings back to again, CPF really provides a very strong and good foundation in anybody's retirement. Uh, not only good, you know, gives a very good basic income for life that mitigates longevity risk. Um, it also gives a very stable income uh, because you are, you know, you don't have to worry too much about market volatility. You get a very consistent stream of uh, monthly income. So, you know, we do recommend to take advantage of the scheme as much as possible to top up, you know, to the ERS and even at you know, enhanced retirement sum, it is really not very high. Uh, I think at a 55-year-old, you probably get about 2000 plus a month. And I would say, you know, a lot of people might need more than that. So you still got to supplement it with other streams of income. But, you know, again, at least uh, CPF gives you that foundation. Right. So, yeah, so topping up to ERS, you know, is, is guaranteed by the government. Uh, it's, it's quite hard. I mean, obviously, there, are, there, there, there could be higher yielding uh, instruments out there. But in terms of uh, safety and of course the you know this 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 can I can I say no volatility when it comes to yeah, in a way it's like more linear yeah it's of a, the growth of the your money I would say very minimal volatility of course CPF scheme it's a bit of a risk pooling scheme where you know there's still some uh, variations uh, but you wouldn't expect it to be as you know large as uh, the financial markets right right so it's quite hard to beat that yeah. Okay, so um, lastly, what do we, you know, when considering between um, basic, standard, and escalating plan, you know, what, what should uh, people consider, you know, when they're choosing between these three? So the default plan is standard. So if you don't choose, they'll give you the standard plan. And standard prioritizes the CPF member. So basically, you think about CPF and what it's trying to do is to provide a good retirement for the CPF member. And standard gives the highest payout. Now, uh, for those who have family, they want to consider uh, leaving behind, you know, more monies. So in that case, they might opt for the basic, uh, basic plan. So basic plan gives a slightly lower payout every month. But in the event where the CPF life member, you know, uh, is not around anymore, uh, it gives out a higher bequest. Yeah, so you leave more money behind for your yeah. loved ones. And lastly, for escalating plan, uh, escalating starts out at a lower uh, lower monthly amount. In fact, it's much lower, but it caters for inflation. So every year it goes up by 2%. But I would say, you know, it's really uh, for those people who likes uh, the scheme to just cater for inflation for them, you know, uh, compared to, you know, having um, a standard plan that gives a higher payout, but then they need to self-manage that inflation portion. Right. Okay. So, um, thanks for that, Shinyu. So we have a bonus question, a question that I didn't really uh prepare you uh for. Uh, so what 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 is your view on um one M six five? You know the movement one M six five. Well, I think it's a good movement. You know, in the past, many people I would say not very familiar with CPF. 
Uh, in fact, a lot of people don't like CPF because especially when they're younger, they keep putting money in and they say that, well, I don't know when this money is going to come out. So uh, I thought that this movement is good, that it raises awareness to people that actually CPF, uh, it's a very good tool to build up that foundation. Yeah, so before we continue, uh, could you briefly explain like what 1M65 is? Oh, yeah. okay. So 1M65 basically means that uh, you, uh, you, you try to get to 1 million in your CPF by age 65. And this 1 million is, uh, you know, it, it gives a good, decent foundation for your retirement. Yeah. And I think, you know, speaking of 1 million, it is a good goal to aim for in general today. I mean, most people with 1 million, they should be able to give a decent retirement. Of course, you know, if you need more, you need to, you know, get a higher amount. And to get to this 1 million, CPF actually provides a very good way. You know, earlier we talked about 2.5%, 4%, you know, if you transfer to special account, that 4% actually compounds pretty well uh, for you to hit that number. And again, you know, it's sort of an automatic scheme that every month, you know, you're being forced to save. Uh, and you think about it, you're saving about 37% every month. And that's a really good number. Yeah, so um, uh, after that, when you hit, you know, you're 55 years old, 65, it does convert, you know, part of that gets converted into CPF life. And then again, it gives you that monthly stream. You don't have to worry too much about, okay, you know, how, how do I budget? Uh, how do I you know, split my monies between now and the future? Uh, CPF actually does a lot uh, of that for you. Uh, although I have to say, if you consider inflation, so today if you're a young person, then maybe one M might not be enough for you. Yeah. So say, let's say, you know, you have another 20 years towards a retirement, you might potentially need to achieve, for example, you know, 2M65. Yeah. So uh, in a way, like this movement is actually good behaviorally. La. So it may not be the most efficient uh, way, but it really get, you know, if it gets people saving or rather thinking about uh, long term uh, and their retirement. So it's something that, uh, you know, is, is, is very positive la, for yeah. society. I think it's positive for a lot of people, especially those who might not be so familiar about investing. Right. Okay, thank you so much, Chin Yu. Um, so that's all for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed our discussion on CPF. So if you like this episode, please uh, follow our podcast and follow us on social media for similar contents. As always, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. All analysis, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any of use of the information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.